0: I was preaching in the southern hemisphere and and uh, met some folks who were very plugged into rugby and uh, they asked me if i could join them to sit with the players at an all-blacks rugby match and i probably didn't know how honored that was and how famous the team was um, but i had a chance to to sit and watch the game and they sat us right behind the injured players. And uh, so the injured players were back behind all the regular team that would go off and on the field. And as I was sitting there, God began to speak to me. You know, God can speak to you through anything, anywhere, anytime. But as I sat there and I started looking at these incredible... Incredible athletes sitting in front of me. I mean, I wouldn't want to run into them They were built like a brick wall and but they're all injured and they're not on the field they're sitting in seats and There's there's doctors and physiotherapists and coaches that look after them But the head coach Wasn't working with them The head coach was working with the uninjured players and God began to speak to me and tell me that if the Church of Jesus Christ wanted to reach this world it needed to stop treating the congregation as the injured. We're always preaching to the hurting and the marginalized and uh, you know and the brokenhearted and, and that has to be a part of our message but that's not the only message Jesus preached. And yet you flip through the channels and it's just non-stop God's gonna touch your hurting. God's gonna do this and I just he said we leave people This is what God began to speak into my spirit. We leave people on the perpetual injured section when they should be on the field and He said make sure that you treat the men and the women that I send you to your church as gifted players and even when they're injured your goal is to get them back on the field as fast as you can not to look after them for the next 40 years and just say just stay injured you're fine In fact, you want a stool let's give you a stool Let's put your feet up hey let's get some more coaches for these guys to help them get more lattes and milkshakes and really chill out no the whole goal is to get on the field and so i want to talk to you today About how do the meek inherit the earth now years ago God began to deal with me about shooting holy cows and I did a whole series on shooting holy cows because the church is filled with doctrines that aren't biblical and it allows them to be lazy, it allows them to be always on the hurt list, always on the never good enough. And uh, so I begin to deal with so many different issues, and today I'm probably going to deal with another one, offend a few people, which is great. And uh, I always find that if you preach against holy cows, all the religious people won't leave, which is cool. We want real people who love Jesus and want to get on the field. So mm, Ch-ch- boom. <laughs> when you take a look at God's word, it talks about the meek. And it says, "The meek shall inherit the earth." And we have such a diversity of ideolo- ideologies about this. We have some people so passive that if you came and kidnapped a child, they would not get violent or hurt you. You could come in and light fire to their buildings, farms, and they would just bow their head and and trust that they're meek and that God would look after them. Then we have people on the flip side, angry and picketing with signs that use words that come against people as though that's for every mile of truth there's two miles of ditch and so I struggled with this as a young pastor because just being so passive that we just do nothing and that one day we're going to inherit the earth we don't even know how to run it and so I had a conversation with a pastor who was completely up he was a pacifist and everything and he was you know and he was taking me on with something he'd heard about with me and I said so are you telling me that you're not going to protect your family if someone broke into your home well he hadn't thought that one through he's I just don't like violence I said I abhor violence but I have no problem using it if you start making a move on my, one of my children you in big trouble He he's well I, I don't see that in the word I said, have you ever read in the Word where God told His disciples to sell their cloak and buy a sword before they went out? His mouth dropped. That's in the Bible. And I want to start there today, and I want to just give you some thoughts that will help shape how you look at your Christianity and your place in the world in luke 22 35 to 38 let me frame this jesus has just told his disciples and peter they were going to leave him peter was going to have deny him when the he's going to know when the when the rooster crowed three times and then he says this he said when i sent you out with no money bag no knapsack or sandals did you lack anything and they said nothing so Earlier on, you'll find a scripture where he says, don't take a second coat, don't take money, get out and minister, and you will be looked after. And he said, were you looked after? And they said, yes. And he said to them, but now, All right? So that was before, and that's where a lot of churches sit on. We we just live by faith. That means go to the mission field with no money. Uh, We are a church. We live by faith. That means you don't raise any money. Uh, We we just kind of, you know, and as though that's really holy, I found I can reach a whole lot more souls with a whole lot of money. So he says, uh, but now let the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a knapsack to hold more. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. So they said to him, Lord, Lord, look, we've got two swords. And he said, that's enough. Now, why am I reading you the scripture? Because you're allowed to protect yourself. Okay, let's just start right at the very, this very area. To think that you cannot stand up and protect yourself, your home, your family. That you cannot stand up and protect your city, your country. Well, then every police officer in this is out of God's will if you're a policeman because you'll have to use violence in extreme situations You'll have to use weapons. You'll have to figure things out So if we can't do that, then that is wrong. You're out of God's will that means that no person should ever enter the military Because that would be wrong. We don't defend our country Let's take this doctrine out to the extreme. Well, if we don't defend our country, what do we do with the evil people out there who will walk in in a second and take it? Well, God, you know, whatever happens is God's will. That's not what the Bible says. And so I want to show you first case scenario here, bam, right on the money, that Jesus said, now I tell you, first discourse, you don't need this, just go empty-handed, and I'm gonna look after you so we know God's gonna look after us that's one side of our lives but then on the other side of our lives he's saying take your money take extra bags go get a sword and when you look at the command to the disciples as to where they were to go you'll notice they had to cross mountains and deserts places habited by bandits and, and, and criminals and and so he said and a swords not for buttering your bread you now, someone will still debate me on that and go, well, you know, come on a sword I mean, they just needed to cut their way through the jungle. They weren't in the jungle If you've been to the holy land, you'll <laughs> notice that Okay, and uh, so he said get two swords and the word here for swords is the short fighting roman sword And they would use behind a shield And so let's just recognize one thought there that we can protect ourselves as a country We can have police forces as a city, as a province, and you can protect your home. You can protect your family. You can protect your children. You know, one guy said to me, well, you know, I think we give Satan the right to get involved. Listen, Satan no longer has rights. Jesus took them from him. Well, if you do something wrong, you give him authority. There is no more authority. There is no word after uh, the new covenant that Satan has authority. Now, you can give him opportunity. Like if you leave the front door open on your house, you don't give criminals the right to come into your house. You give them the opportunity. Opportunity. So if Bible's very clear, do not give him opportunities, but it does not say that after Jesus defeated him that he has any rights left. And so for us to understand that and recognize that when it comes to the power of the dark kingdom, they have no rights, he's looking for opportunities, which is why the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about looking for someone to devour. He doesn't devour whoever he wants, he looks. What's he looking for? Opportunities. Well, what gives him opportunities? Read your Bible. It's not, our, it's not our, our session today. All right. 2 Kings chapter 13 is an amazing story, and everything in the Bible has a purpose. It says here, that When Elisha had fallen sick, which was the illness he was going to die from, Joash, the king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him, saying, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows and he said to the king of Israel draw the bow and he drew it back and Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands and he said open the window eastward so they opened it and Elisha said shoot and he shot this is the arrow of the Lord's victory and the victory over their enemy at the time was Syria for you shall fight the Syrians and Aphac until you have made an end of them and he said take the arrows And he had a quiver full of arrows. And he said, strike the ground. So he takes an arrow, bam, bam, bam. And he shot three arrows into the ground. And then the prophet was angry at him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you'd have struck down Syria until you have made an end of your enemies. But now you'll only strike down Syria three times. As you read the story out, you'll find that he won three battles against Syria, but they came back and continually harassed the women, the children, property, etc. So this is showing you and I that we need to wake up. Like, what will it take for the Christian world to get up and fight? And we'll talk about how. Or do we just passively walk around like robots going, Lord willing, oh, you're going to take my house? Well, God, you know best, okay. Oh, you want my daughter too? Lord, it's really hard, but you know best. If it's happening, it must be your will because it's happening. Because if it wasn't your will, you'd stop it. All through the word of God, you will find that it teaches us that this is a partnership between a human being and God. That was the Old Testament. And even in the New Testament, it calls the Holy Spirit our helper, not our doer. He is our helper. And so there's a requirement upon us to rise up. Now let's look at the word meek. First Peter 3, 4 says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek And quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price meek the word meek in our modern-day usage usually means somebody with no power no strength no money no ability to influence they're just kind of meek it's a powerless wimpy person is how we use the word is that what he means no now you can go into olive tree enhanced dictionary you can go to in vines concordance you can go to a multiple concordances and they will show you that this word meek is an opposite to arrogance pride and this attack in people that you know that they're just self-centeredness and that to be really meek is is a product of the power of God in your life meek is not a position God bless you. And pride is not an external position. You walk with an erect spine, like you've got a purpose in your step, and the first thing a Christian will do is praying for you so you don't struggle with pride. First thing they'll say. I know, I had 30 years of it. You think like with confidence. you, 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 You act like an overcomer. And they'll think, oh, oh, my, 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 the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, but what is meek? It's not the position of your nose. It's not your shoulders forward. It's not a slumped, defeated attitude. The term meek is an issue of heart that only the presence of God can produce You can't produce it with your human mind and your human reasoning. It is something that rises up. And according to the word of God, and let me read you some of the the things here, that when it comes to meek, um, gentleness or meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. It goes on to talk about in different Lenski's commentaries, and you can look at people who are experts on the language. And it says... People, when they are wronged or abused, they show no resentment and they do not threaten or avenge themselves. The opposite of meek is those who are vehement, bitter, wild, and violent. And Jesus is the greatest example of meek meekness. Now, if I was to think about the meekest animal today, I would think about a rabbit. Rabbits are meek, I've never had a rabbit attack me. I got them in my yards. I've never had a a rabbit, you know, look at me and stare me down or come after me or prowl around me. It just takes off in this kind of foolish little hop, 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 hop. And that's not meek it's just kind of a sorry to all you who have pet rabbits i'm just gonna i'm preaching all right and it's a kind of a useless animal i mean it's the cowboys in the 1800s they considered rabbits just you know uh lunch it was just fast food they would shoot them put them up on a fire and there's rabbits everywhere and 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 that was how they actually how they ate and if jesus wanted us to be rabbits then he would be the rabbit of Judah. Right? He'd be the rabbit of Judah. And we all serve the rabbit of Judah. But he's not. He's called the lion of Judah. Now, let's think about this. <laughs> Meek means that you A work of the Spirit which means the fruit of the Spirit is the work of the Spirit in your recreated spirit which means you walk in love which means you walk in joy you walk in self-control leaders who are arrogant self-centered and proud are the ones who are destroying our planet right now they're the ones who are taking things on and doing what's good for them because they're not meek they're not submitted to God, loving people, self-centered. If you mess with them, they get angry that you're even messing with them. Uh, if you even try uh, to, uh, you know, assert your opinion, they're disturbed that you would ever come. Ag- like, it's just such weak leadership, but it all comes down to the heart of the leader. If you're meek, the word meek simply means and powerfully means that we're, as you grow in leadership that you cannot be baited into wrong decisions. For you guys who are here and some of the women who like UFC, you'll notice that fighters who lose their temper very quickly get taken out because rage and anger always makes you make wrong decisions and their, their ability and their giftedness in the ring to fight and the art uh, of defense and fighting that you stay cool stay cool and stay relaxed and you'll outthink them And that the skills that you have will be used in a very excellent way to win at the end and the same is true in life If you're in business and you get irritated because someone's bidding against you and and you know They're maybe they're slipping in some money behind the scenes and you're trying to do make a living and and you get irritated and you get angry you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes God has no problem giving you creative ideas and ways to bless you outside of all the lying and the cheating and the backstabbing of the enemy in business, in politics, and in every area. It does not, he's showing us that the end doesn't justify the means, but the means are crucial. That's how you lead, how you live, how, how you function is vital. So to be meek, it's not weakness, It is supreme self-control, a work of the Spirit of God in your recreated spirit. It is power under control. So you can't call a rabbit meek. There's no power to control. But you could call Jesus meek. Because at any given time, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He said in John chapter 10, ha, no one takes my life. No one. And when they tried... He would walk right through the middle of them. They didn't even know where he went. The presence of God either cloaked him or they couldn't see him. We don't know. But the very presence and the gift, and the gift of the Spirit upon him just kept him healthy. And they tried to kill him. They tried so many times. And it wasn't until, all right, it's my time. And he freely laid down his life. And then Jesus says to you and I, as he is, so are we in this world. So we're to be like Jesus, which means you're not a bunny Christian. You're not a rabbit Christian. You are meek, absolute, incredible power under control. Now, the word here, and I'm out of time. You'll have to get the second services message to get the rest of it. Let me just close down here. The word pros in the Greek is the word meek. Now, in the Greek language, for times of war, when they would train a horse for war, they would call that horse, when it had completed its training, that horse was pros. That horse was meek. What do they mean? It means power under control. You know, even if you, for those of you who love horses, and, and I love the Wild West, I'm always reading books there and they'll talk about catching these wild horses and they'd want to break them not their spirit they would just want them to be rideable and if you broke the spirit of that horse and this proud stallion that that ran the deserts and the meadows was a defeated horse then you're just riding a nag But if you get him to keep his spirit and his power, but that he would accept the saddle and he'd accept the bridle, and that lucky cowboy could get back on the back of that horse, you had one stunning, incredible horse. You had incredible power under control. And so when you look at the language of the day, all right, the word meek means absolute power under control. It doesn't mean pathetic, wimpy, do nothing, put up with anything, let everybody do what they want when he's telling us that we are to make a way, that we're to go into the world, we're to preach the gospel, we're to win cities and nations. How are we going to do that? Sitting in our churches, praying, being meek. Isaiah 29, 19, the meek shall increase their joy in the Lord. Psalms 147, 6, the Lord lifts up the meek. Psalms 25, 9, the meek will he guide in judgment and teach his way. He's talking about people who allow the Spirit of God in your recreated spirit to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Self control, patience. I want leaders who are patient, in control of their temper, their anger, the more power you give them. The reason, you know, I have a friend. And Years ago when his daughter was 12 she took first and they'd have these 22 uh, Shooting competitions and she would take first every time an amazing shot But that doesn't mean I'm gonna give her her gun and have her patrol the streets protecting people Why not? She's too young we're not sure that she's gotten through some of the teen stuff and, uh, that, you know, the guy that dumped her might walk by or whatever goes on in the future. You, you know, we, we want someone that is meek, meaning power under control. And when a, when a great pressure is exerted against them, that they don't, one of the things that my staff will often talk about when we've gone through incredible pressure, it'll just say, how do you do it? How do you just get up, go to bed, and and come into work and deal with stuff? I go, because the work of the Spirit, His grace within us, gives us this ability to stare in the face of certain disaster and then make decisions, and God moves. And God moves as He gives us creative ideas. God moves, and He gives us favor. And when you look at the Old Testament, you'll find times when God does it all, and you just stand and see. The salvation of God. Other times he says, "I've given you the promised land; go possess it," which means fight for it. Like what? What's that? What if I say, "Hey, I got a watch; I don't have one on, but I got—I'm going to give it to you, but you got to come possess it. Come get it." You're going to go. Uh, I don't know. Yet yeah, that's what he's saying. You, you read the scripture: "I've given you a land; go possess it." And then he says, "And dispossess the people who have it." <laughs> what's that mean? Take them out. And they did. Walked around Jericho and it all fell down. And then they went in and fought giants, nations of giants, one after the other. And the power and the blessing and the favor of God was upon them. Meek. That's what they called a war horse. Listen to what a war horse sounds like, according to the Bible, Habakkuk one eight. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than evening wolves, and their horsemen spread themselves and press on. Yes, their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle that hastens to devour. Job 39, verse 19. Are you the one who gave the horse his prowess and adorned him with a shimmering mane? Did you create him to prance proudly and strike terror with his royal snorts? He paws the ground fiercely, eager and spirited, and then he charges into the fray, laughing at danger. Fearless, he doesn't shy away from the sword, the banging and the clanging of the quiver, and the lance don't Faze him. He quivers with excitement, and at the trumpet blast, he races off at a gallop. At the sound of the trumpet, he neighs mightily, smelling the excitement of battle from a long way off, catching the rolling thunder of the war cries. Meek. And all you men are going, "Thank you, Jesus." You know for years the church could would well, usually have about 8 women for every man because we had so feminized the gospel and we even did a disservice to women who I call warrior princesses the gospel is good news how do we take this gospel what is the command of the new covenant Jesus said to his disciples Get out amongst the world. Get out amongst the world. Lay your hands on the sick and they're going to recover. Speak with new tongues. You're going to tread upon lions and serpents and scorpions. He says in there, that, and he goes on to talk about, if you eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. He is talking about us walking in, yes, a supernatural ability. And so that means the leadership gifts that are in every one of us should rise to the top. Some of you are called to health care, some to business, some to government, some to the church. And the gifts of the Spirit weren't called for just worship and miracles night. The gifts of the spirit were designed for you to raise incredible kids who'd be world changers. It's for businessmen and women It's called for those in health care and those in business in every area arts entertainment The gifts of the spirit the move of God and every one of us has had gifts placed within us And as the church rises up and takes its place, they begin to rise up in government They begin to rise up in healthcare. They begin to rise up in business They begin to rise up in arts and entertainment rise up in the church rise up in all these areas and as they rise up there's a giftedness on you to share the gospel and people want the gospel as they see oh so I don't have to be a rabbit sit in a church carry a six inch Bible that six inches thick and do nothing No, you have gifts and abilities upon you. And those gifts and abilities, some of you are so brilliant, you're going to design buildings the world's never seen, write songs the world's never heard. When you begin to work in healthcare, you'll have ideas and things that will bring about such healing and understanding, etc. This is what God has called his church to be. When I say fight the good fight, I don't want you to get out and scream at people. I don't mean that, you know, like I wouldn't want right now them to hand over the government to the church. We're not ready for it. One guy might believe that Russia's Magog and they're going to come down, they're going to attack us. Bible says, so, let's bomb them first. Or they use the Bible for some obscure thing, no no, 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 we want wisdom. But it's time to prepare the Church of Jesus Christ and t- try to get them t- to be convinced that meek is not to be rabbits. We don't serve the rabbit of Judah. We serve the Lion of Judah, which is power under control. And if you've got the Spirit of God within you, then you've got protection and healing and wisdom. You can tread upon lions and any of the power of the enemy that comes at you. If they try to poison you, kill you out, you won't be afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the terror that comes at night. When you begin to look, you're gonna be the head and up the tail, above and up beneath. He's not talking about you and I going out and stabbing people, killing people, shooting people. No, he's talking about the presence of God rising up in us and us leading and convincing and the power of God getting people saved. So we begin to see this phenomenal, stunning, Kingdom of God advancing And as the kingdom of God advances It always takes from the kingdom of darkness So that we can see them make heaven i got to stop there for my time is up Father we pray today That you'd cause each of us To think about The beliefs of our heart And the systematic religious training That we've received and Father I'm believing you that here it springs father the gifts that you've placed with every in every one of us will rise up and with excitement and passion with the anointing of Holy Spirit being filled with the Spirit with operating in the gifts that are added to our natural gifts father you're going to use us to rise up and we'll be new covenant Solomon's and David's Will father lead to victory in so many areas of our society. Let the weak say, I am strong. I declare that over us. Guide us and lead us in all the adventures that you've called us to in the near future. I pray this in your wonderful name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. Did I help anybody today?